Welcome to Conversations About Running, the podcast from Running Trips. I'm Gavin Smith, and today Callum and I speak to Ben Felton, better known as YouTuber Ben Is Running. Ben has recently returned from a 10 Kenya, where he took part in our Kenya Experience Camp, and we discussed his experience and time in Kenya today. We also briefly touch on Zane Robertson's recently announced drugs ban, ask whether a crossfitter can keep up with Jakobin Gabritsen, and wonder if we should just rename the podcast Conversations About Super Shoes. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy our chat with Ben Felton. Ben, thanks for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me on again. Good man. And of course, I've also got my co-host, Callum Jones. Co-host? What would you, think... call, what would you call it? I would just call like... Psychic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I suppose Assistant. co-host is, is the right word, but yeah. No, if you know. want to downgrade yourself to my... <laughs> My water boy, then that's fine. <laughs> water boy. <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. Have you, listened to, have you listened to Joe Rogan podcast over the years? No, of course, yeah. Okay, I, I mean, okay, yeah, I mean, I haven't for a long time, but he's got Jamie, who's like his little sidekick. You can be Jamie if you want. He, he, you don't even know he's there until they want to, like, check something, and Joe Rogan goes, like, bring that up, Jamie. <laughs> and then there's, then there's, like, this guy, you can hear him at the side, just, like, just typing Typing something. away. Like, yeah, and then he goes, oh, no, oh, yeah, yeah, that is true, or, oh, no, no, they, that's, that's not true. So, yeah, basically my, like an Jamie. alexa in the corner yeah, pretty much yeah yeah exactly that except yeah i have to know stuff for that though but uh, no you can have a laptop yeah okay yeah true uh right so ben what, uh, what have you been doing because you um i don't mean like the last few weeks we'll get into that but you we delayed for uh for an hour because you were filming what have you been up to today yeah um this morning i was uh filming a bit of a workout video um in a new hocker shoe um, oh wow how is it looking yeah, actually, seriously impressed, actually. It's the first mm. uh, super shoe from Hocker that they've used uh, P-backs mm-hmm. in their midsole, which is the same that like uh, Nike, uh, Adidas use. And Hocker have traditionally used like an EVA compound, which is not very responsive. But they've finally like used this new compound, which is a lot more responsive. So I think it's going to be like a an actually competitive uh, racing mm. shoe from Hocker. So, yeah, I mean, pe- people have been, people, the Hocker athletes have been racing really well, haven't they? So it seemed it would seem right that their shoes kind of now up there with uh yeah i definitely think it's going to be a contender for something like the vaporfly and the adios pro 3 um should we just, Cal, should we just re- rename this should we just rename this super shoe talk <laughs> that's <laughs> taken us like less than two minutes to just start talking about super shoes yeah it does often descend into that doesn't it yeah <laughs> i can talk about um, shoes well, all day so that's yeah, fine I'll by me bit, uh, yeah I probably have you tried the um i saw you tried the new uh cloud surfer as well ben that's that's not a super shoe so i guess we're allowed to talk a little bit about that but how did yeah. you find that yeah it's really nice super soft it's probably the first on running shoe that actually feels like you're running on clouds i'd say um <laughs> nice it's got no like speedboard in it, has it? So it's a lot more like softer underfoot. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's designed to be kind of like a your yeah mileage shoe, I guess. So just um, purely focused on like smooth ride cushioning. Yeah, so it is it is a nice soft shoe. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, I think it's the I think it's the first shoe. Yeah, I would agree. It's the first shoe that you've got that really nice initial like step in feeling as well. Like you put the yeah. shoe on and you're like, yeah, this is actually really comfortable. Like a lot of the other shoes feel really nice, but it takes see, a bit see of that that would concern in. me because I like it the other way around. If I put a shoe on and it feels soft, I'm like, yeah, this is soft just standing still. This is going to be too soft for me when I'm actually running. Yeah. yeah, but it's like it's a really nice, just pure, easy shoe. Like if you if you, I would say it's almost like a recovery run shoe. Mm. Like yeah. you just want to run easy in it, and you know, obviously, you do quite a lot of easy miles as a, as a serious runner. So 
um some some days on your easy miles maybe you want to get a little bit faster but most of the time you want to just literally just recover and plod and it's a really nice so so ben when i saw a video of you walking with a suitcase full of super shoes is that is that (laughs) just you on your way to a session and you haven't decided which shoe to wear yet yeah pretty much no uh yesterday (laughs) i was i was filming a video with um with pro direct about my top five carbon racing shoes so i had to take like 10 pairs of shoes with me down to victoria park in london and talk about them so the the natural thing was to to bring a suitcase full of shoes <laughs> so callum callum whenever callum's up here he uh he finds it amusing how much stuff i take to a training session but i think <laughs> yeah, that, you never yeah, know what you're gonna as well well exactly conditions can but, change but i've never yeah exactly but i've yeah i've never taken a suitcase but i think i could I don't know. I could get close to fit in a suitcase, couldn't I? Okay. I I often take literally nothing. Yeah, I've I, seen it. It's, it's go, kind I'll of go amusing. To the session me. With like a jacket, and that's it. Basically. One pair of shoes. Warm yeah. up session in the same shoes. Yeah. Maybe a water bottle. Yeah. Yeah. I just sw- I just sweat that. too much for that. I need I need different outfit for warm up session and cool down. A couple uh, of hat choices. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I don't know. How do I know if I'm going to need? A headband or a hat like i can't make that choice 20 minutes before i run i've got to make that choice at the time yeah that's true. Yeah, exactly <laughs> I, I can relate to that to be fair oh, good man right so moving on then um the big and yeah obviously disappointing and a little bit upsetting news of the in the running world uh is uh zane robertson's failed test and subsequent ban presume uh presume you've both seen and, and have have some views on this yeah, yeah, I I actually dropped him a message to be honest. Um, mm. Just uh, like I listened to the the podcast, I can't remember whose podcast it was. Yeah, but, um, the, the the New Zealand one. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Like he 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 was on it, and uh, yeah, obviously while it is terrible and stupid and dumb and not good for the sport, like I just kind of wanted to like let him know that you know he's still mm. a human and. Like, like I, I, so, so I, I haven't spoken to him yet or to Jake. Um, yeah, partially, partially because we won't go into this in any detail, but I spent most of yesterday in A&E with my son. Um, so I haven't had a whole lot of time to, to, to worry about other things, but yeah, I mean, I, I, it, it was really painful listening to how, like, I hate what he's done and I hate, yeah, the mm. situation and it, yeah, and it. There's, there's like there's anger there as well but i think unless you know zane you don't realize how bad he sounded in that interview yeah exactly that's why i messaged like him. he sounded he sounded awful like he just yeah. sounded pretty depressed i, I spoke he? to miles after say again sounded pretty depressed yeah i mean he's such a he's such a sort of lively character and mm. it was just just the, yeah just everything it just sounded like it just been sucked out of him yeah yeah, so I, I basically just messaged him to say, like, yeah, you obviously know you made a mistake and so does everyone else, but just you just got to let it blow over, to be honest, and just, you know, this this is it now. What's happened's happened and you got to <clears throat> find positives. And, uh, yeah, yeah. But obviously I... we don't want to, like, just blow over the fact that, you know, he's taken drugs and cheated like that. That is obviously terrible. But, you know, I think sometimes we have to just, see the bigger picture and yeah i think that's what makes it a little bit of a difficult subject to discuss because like the the last thing i want to do is to be like sympathetic to, to drug taking on our podcast because mm. it's you know it's the it's, it's it's the worst thing you can do in the sport really um yeah yeah, yeah but apart from jumping in the attack 
and jumping well, yeah, across sure. the finish line in first place yeah, like sure. somebody did at sure. like new york marathon but yeah in terms of <laughs> in terms of cheating it's unfortunately once you once you commit that crime then there's not really a way back into the sport and it kind of questions all of your other accolades yeah, for sure, um, for sure. And, and, which is I a tough one for him i think it's completely normal that there are a lot of people who just aren't buying the oh i cheated once line mm. yeah yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, whether but, it's true or not, like it's normal that a lot of people aren't going to believe that. Yeah, but it is also true that all of his other samples are still mm. available for testing. Though, yeah, right? that's true. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, so if the technology's improved, you can go back and yeah, yeah. And test them. Um, mm. But like, and also, I guess if they've, you know, if if he tested positive this once in Manchester, is that good enough reason for them to then say, okay, we're going to go back and test them? test other ones or like will they even do that do I, I mean i guess it depends whether anyone's got the motivation to spend the money to do it right like is it in anyone's interest to do that and that's yeah I, i've no idea maybe new zealand federation would think it is because he's the record holder and, and all that yeah true. um yeah i have no idea how that works so one, one of the things that was on um the latest podcast from from ross tucker is they were talking about this that there's the shinty association in scotland are introducing drug testing and it's like a completely amateur sport. And they were just questioning, like, what's the point? Right, um, yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of the same issue. Like, yeah, it's, it's just almost, is there any, yeah, is there any good reason for someone to yeah, have that to... desire? Um, oh, to be honest, Callum, like this is made, I was, I was sort of buzzing at the start of this interview and just talking about it. It's kind of brought me down a little bit. So we're going to have to do something to perk up again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, luckily, we're only like 12 minutes in, so we've got... Yeah. minutes of uh yeah. of, uh, good podcast yeah. to go. Um, um yeah should we um should we should we kind of dive into the reason we've brought Ben back on and that's to to hear about his uh training yeah. in Kenya really um can, can I can I can I tell one more thing I've been itching to share this or something <laughs> okay yeah go on <laughs> so it, yeah so it was kind of interesting just it was kind of like just interesting and kind of I saw it and just thought yeah okay this is a good reminder of why you shouldn't spend too much time on social media because it's just like complete nonsense on there and it just like gets under your skin and winds you up but basically i saw this video this morning of um it caught my attention and i shouldn't have even looked at it because i knew it was going to be it it was basically it was a video but it had big letter big like writings you can see what it's about and it just said elite crossfit versus olympic 1500 champion (laughs) and i thought here we go here we go and i was stupid enough to click on it and it was one of those things where someone's he could the guy could be being genuine and just made a mistake or he could be like a deliberate um being deliberately misleading in what he said and what he's done but it's also one of those ones where if you heard that time humble brag no yeah. so so i sometimes find it difficult to explain it. it it's essentially where someone's pretending they're being humble but they're actually showing off yeah is the, right, okay is the easiest way to and it's this guy and he's basically, he set the treadmill to what he claims is 1500 meter world record pace or Olympic final winning pace or something or other. Okay. Um, oh, no, no. Yeah. He says it's Jakob Ingebrigtsen's um, PB pace. Um, and then he goes, how far can I run at this pace? And the answer was 60 seconds. Uh, so then he was saying, so it's like, oh my God, Ingebrigtsen's so amazing. I can only keep up for 60 seconds. But oh. then all the comments underneath were like, oh, you can do a quarter of the race and you haven't even trained for it. You're amazing. Oh, imagine, like, imagine how good you'd be if you actually trained. Um, <laughs> and then what, so, so that's the first part of it. And then the second part of it, so I'm watching this video and I'm thinking, that is not 
that is not 327, 1500 pace. Like, I know treadmills are a bit different, but that's not 1500 that pace. And then you look at what he said, and, he, and he's just got it completely wrong, and he's running at 405 pace. 405, well, okay. 1500 pace. No, no, no. He's running at 405, 1500 pace. Right, okay. Right, yeah. So it's uh, for 60 seconds. So he's basically done 350 meters at 66 pace. Yeah. Or like okay. 370 at a 66 lap pace. And he's like, yeah, okay, fair enough. That's, that's not slow, but. To, to make a video comparing yourself to Jakob Ingebrigtsen when what you've actually done is not quite done a 66 you, you second 400. compared yourself to a to a good 15 year old yeah exactly exactly <laughs> and yeah anyway I, yeah I just wanted to share I just wanted to get that off my chest because <laughs> it's been winding me up for the last couple of hours I, I totally understand because if I saw that same video I would be just on the comments for at least well this hour. is the other thing because I only because I only log in on our on our work account I never comment on stuff like that but I, I kind of like i go to comment and think oh no hang on hang on that's not something for the that's not something for the work account and then i yeah i have i have a personal account but i never use it so i feel like coming from a content perspective i wouldn't be surprised if that guy has done that on purpose so that the video gets a load of like controversial comments in the in the in the comment section that then pushes it to a load of people which is probably why yeah, you yeah. ended up seeing it exactly exactly yeah you're probably quite right yeah, yeah. is that is that is that ben's is that ben ben is running inside tip so yeah deliberately nonsense and controversial yeah get the comment section absolutely flowing and then your video goes viral just get everyone <laughs> riled up basically <laughs> yeah all right i remember that uh yeah, claim right, you're so yeah, ben, I, I, yeah, yeah. exactly uh, so yeah, as um, as Callum said, um, I would imagine most people listening to this are, are already aware and have already seen. Um, but yeah, Ben Ben's been our guest in Kenya for the last couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, this is really just a chance to have a have a bit of a chat and see what what Ben what Ben made of it. Um, and yeah, any anything else anything else that comes up. So the floor is yours to some extent, Ben. What what, what did you make of your ten? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a load of rubbish to be honest with you. Yeah, food was terrible. Coffee was terrible. Boring. People were average. The runs were all right, but obviously it's hard to breathe because you're at altitude. So yeah, good. It's good to be at home. <laughs> yeah, just happy to finally get back. Yeah, no, and in all planning, seriousness. You've been planning that, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Um, no, it was amazing. Absolutely loved it. Two weeks in Atenia, in Atenia, in in Aten, in Kenya. Um, probably wasn't quite long enough. Uh, yeah, totally honest. Take took me about. I reckon seven to 10 days to acclimatize to, to the altitude and get some good sessions in. And then by the time we were getting some really good runs, it was, it was time to come home again. But so, yeah, so without being like defensive, cause that's not, I'm not being defensive. Like that's, that's a, that's a good and genuine insight, but like, mm. yeah, I would agree. Like if I, if I was going out to Kenya specifically for the purpose of elite training, I'd yeah. go for longer than two weeks. 100%. But like, yeah, like like our camps are set up again. I'm not being defensive. I'm just set, explaining kind of why we are two weeks rather than not three. Like our camps are, are set up for people with full time job. Major, mm. Majority of people with full time jobs who are using this as their holiday. Um, yeah, and it, it, yeah, and it's it's it is it is it's a holiday for people who love running um, rather than a really serious training camp. So yeah, I'm I'm not surprised at that insight. And and what we tend to find is that people who do want to go for longer. Um, We'll just stay on for an extra like week or two after they've finished with us. Yeah, and in terms of the experience, we we come pretty much every type of like Kenyan 
um, type of running and philosophy into the two weeks. So in terms of the experience, it was amazing. But I've come home like itching to go back. Joe showed me your uh, your message to the WhatsApp group. <laughs> yeah. Joe Wells. Yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm going back. I'm serious about it. Who wants to come with me? Yeah, I, I was sat next to Joe and he's like, oh, I've just got a message from Ben asking me if I want to go to Kenya. <laughs> yeah. Do you reckon he'd be up for it? Yeah, I reckon he would be up for it. Yeah, I would be surprised one, actually. Easy one to convince. So, yeah. so how how was it? How was it versus preconceptions and or expectations? Like, I, I, I'm not. I don't mean Kenya experience. I mean Iten and yeah, just your time there in general. Like, what did you expect Iten to be like, and was it like that? Yes, yeah, good question. Um, I think I'd seen quite a lot on across social medias. Obviously, I'd uh, watched. The Welsh runner, he went out and, and did the same sort of experience. So I'd seen a little bit of, of like what the facilities were and and what the, the local landscape was. But yeah, in terms of the actual running, I found it a lot a lot harder than maybe I th- probably thought. Um, altitude is, is no joke. And I think the first easy run I did when I got there, I obviously naively just set off at my usual easy run pace that I would at sea level. Um, and I was running with one of the other guys on the on the trip called Kush. Uh, we ended up literally doing every single run together for the for the whole two weeks. So we ended up like blossoming quite a nice friendship out of it. Um, yeah, we ran like fourth kilometer pace for the first run, so nothing like crazy fast at sea level. But then at, when you're at altitude, like it's so it was so much harder, especially on the first day to to like breathe. And obviously in in Kenya, there's a lot of elevation. Um, that's probably something I I didn't really know much about is how just how hilly the terrain is. Uh, especially mm. in a 10 where the the campus is uh situated you literally if you go left you go down the hill if you go right you go down the hill so it's like you have to do hills in your training even on easy recovery runs um so i think that that was initially a little bit tough but um yeah really enjoyed the the training met some really nice people i was also really impressed with how like almost authentic the, the experience felt like the camp was run by Kenyan coaches we had Kenyan paces join on join us on every run even like the staff in the kitchen are all like local Kenyans cooking Kenyan food um it didn't feel like we were in like a western environment if that makes sense it felt like we were really like immersed into the into the Kenyan running culture obviously the the camp is a lot higher quality in terms of the facilities than say uh elite or or sub elite Kenyan athletes would be used to um but in terms of the experience, yeah, it was, it was pretty damn good. Yeah, so, so that I think that's that's an interesting point as well, and that's something again that we've tried to in, to ensure. So it's good to see that that's what you what you got out of it. Is it in terms of it being authentic? Technically, it'd be more authentic if you stayed in a really cheap, crappy hotel. Yeah, like rather yeah. than the second most expensive one in a ten, and the, the the most expensive one, which is actually specifically for athletics. Yeah, but it's kind of that yeah it's it's kind of that happy that happy balance of it's an authentic kenyan experience within the confines of being in a safe um comfortable yeah like you say nice facility so yeah, as soon as you get out of that nice facility you're then you know you're you're in amongst it um mm. but yeah, yeah inside the camp it... itself it's it's certainly not luxury but it's yeah like you Rel- said, it's, relative it's... to the surrounding areas you've exactly. got a bit more like yeah. home comforts than maybe you would have if you were staying down the road, say in like a, I mean, there's a, yeah, there's a, there's a swimming other... pool. You're not going to get a swimming pool with many. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No, I, cool. think it goes, I think it goes back to what you were saying about the fact that a lot of people are going there as, you know, part of their holiday and like, yes, you want to get some serious training in and you want to learn from the locals and everything. 
but you also want to just kind of spend a bit of time relaxing yeah, by the and read yeah, a book. Chill out. Yeah. So. And, and so many, so many people get ill when they go to Kenya from, from not staying in places like HATC, like from, yeah. from just staying in actual local accommodations. So many people get sick, get stomach bugs, get sickness bugs. And it's just, yeah, I, I had exactly that. I, um, so I, I, I discovered staying in Kenya. Actually, I was staying at Miles's house, who you mentioned earlier. Um, yeah. It's completely not his fault. He was very generous to let me stay in his place. But um, because I was then having to like cook and everything on my own, it's just I, I cook a lot here at home, but it's just so different there. All the ingredients are like yeah, incredibly sure. raw. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah for sure. Everything you buy is. Yeah, you buy dry yeah. beans from the supermarket. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Market, from, from scratch. Yeah. Um, and um so I, I i knew already that you were supposed to when you buy milk you you basically take a jug to the local store um they'll fill up the jug um with milk and then you take it home you boil the boil milk um you boil it to like pasteurize it and then leave it to cool and then it's oh, ready okay. to drink that makes um, a lot of sense yeah so i i did that i went went to the store got my milk um and then i felt it and it was really warm still so i was like oh it's already oh, been... already done it yeah i was, I was like oh it's already been <laughs> straight boiled. out of the cow yeah exactly <laughs> that. so i was like oh it's already been boiled took it took it back home cool drank it and i was really ill and i went back a couple of days later and i was like um do you boil the milk here and they're like no 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 you need to boil it you need to boil it and then yeah i realized it was still warm because it was literally from the cow like minutes ago straight into my stomach so <laughs> yeah didn't go down well yeah it's it, I, I get why people want to do it that way and like i know lots of people who have done kenya that way and you, you can do it on a on an absolute shoestring budget um but i think people until you get there and see it you don't realize how, what basic actually means like when you say oh yeah it's, it's a really basic accommodation it's like it is just four walls with some yeah. concrete on the floor yeah my mate had to buy a mattress yeah, exactly. You get there and it's just an empty room. There's no water. There's no toilet. There's no cooking facilities. Yeah, the, like just shelter. A, a, yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, a, a kitchen in a Kenyan runner's house is generally that just means a, uh, a gas canister on the floor with a hob above it. <laughs> like that's yeah, it. It's, yeah. it's really like it's really it's a difficult way to live if you're not accustomed to it. Yeah. So I yeah. So I I agree that HATC is pretty much the perfect like balance between like the rooms being pretty basic but then still on your doorstep you've got gym you've got the pool you've got a sauna you've got chefs cooking food for you like yeah and yeah. it's just quite it's just quite a nice but like just the, the the plants and the grass and everything it's just like quite a nice yeah. surrounding to be in yeah it's a really so, comfortable environment especially if you were there yeah. for just the experience to, to exactly and like yeah. having your meals cooked for you every every breakfast lunch and dinner was a real like I absolutely love that. You could really focus in on your training, on your recovery, that sort of stuff. And then you just go along to dinner at seven o'clock and everything's freshly prepared yeah, for you. It's, so yeah. so it's I, really I, nice. I was just about to ask them, how did you find like essentially working while you're there? Because you were putting out a video every single day. But I'm guessing that might be one of the things that made it okay, is that like you don't have you don't really have any you don't have any like household chores to do. Yeah, yeah. That's probably how I was able to do it to be honest with you. Um life from from what I experienced in Kenya is quite simple. Um, but the whole environment is very, very relaxed and yeah, it suited me pretty well, I think. So how, how long does it take you to put like one of your typical, if it's like a 10, 12 minute vlog, how long, how much work goes into 10, 12 minutes of vlogging? Yeah. So around, I think I've probably averaged around three or four hours of editing for each video. 
um, which was actually pretty quick for, compared to normal. Um, I think just the way I was filming it, it was very much like a I was doing throughout the day. So it was quite a simple storyline for each video. It wasn't a complex edit like a, maybe a race vlog would be. So, yeah, I think by the end of it, I probably could have made I was making videos in about two, two, three hours. I definitely got more efficient um, at it as as the process went on. But um, it, it was actually pretty comfortable, if I'm totally honest, to to make a video a day just because of the amount of like content that that i was able to film i even just walking down to the local supermarket was interesting for somebody who's never been to kenya before um even the meals we were eating people were fascinated seeing like what a what what food uh kenyan diet would would consist of mm. um mm. so there was almost like content at every aspect of the day and it was just a natural sort of i just document my day from the from the moment i woke up to the moment i went to bed and uh yeah really enjoyed yeah, documenting the process yeah. What did you think? What did you think of the food? I actually really enjoyed it. It's very simple. You always got like a carbohydrate, like uh, rice or pasta or ugali. Then you had like uh, in the evenings, we'd have some sort of like meat stew to go with that carbohydrate and some vegetables and a bit of salad on the side. Every meal came with soup. So it was it was simple, but it was like it was almost like we were preparing for a race every day in terms of like yeah, the sure. food that was available it was really good on the stomach like nobody had any issues with with upset tummies while we were there um, and especially if you're training at maybe a higher intensity than you'd usually be used to having like a good quality uh, food everything is super fresh as well like um i think everyone yeah, really enjoyed see, the um, food you you see the the kitchen staff like out like sitting around like picking picking peas out of the pods and stuff don't you during the day and yeah chopping chopping like piles and piles of green greens up yeah did, everything did altitude, comes from did the altitude scratch. make you hungry then um I, no i wouldn't say that i noticed a difference in my in my uh, appetite i find that every time i go there even if i'm training the exact same as i would be at home like in terms of vol volume and everything i'm just so much more hungry so yeah so i think I don't know. Maybe that, metabolism but... does increase a bit because of your heart rate is a little bit higher. Like it's just yeah. your usual like mundane tasks are a little bit more difficult, I guess. Mm. Yeah. So as I was gonna say, I'm more similar to Ben. I just I feel like I eat fairly similar. But whenever you're up here, Callum, I can't believe how little you eat. <laughs> Do you think? Yeah, it really surprises me. It's like you've you've just had like a long journey. You haven't eaten anything. I mean, we're about to go training, or not about. Sorry, like two or three hours until we're gonna go training. Like oh. Do you need do you need some food? You're like, oh yeah, I'll have a slice of toast. <laughs> and that's like your lunch, like a couple of slices of bread or something. It's uh, little top up. Uh, yeah, I reckon I don't know. Maybe you just got unlucky with how much how you've seen me because I mm. I think I eat quite a lot. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Did you um not not to give you a platform just to like advertise your favorite products and things? But did you what did what did did you? supplement with anything and do you think that was like important for you whilst you're out there uh like, i made sure you that you were like i stayed on top of my like electrolytes and and i probably went through about one of those five liter bottles that you can buy at the at the kitchen pretty much once a day if not every one and a half days so i definitely stayed on top of hydration and um and that side of things just made sure i stayed topped up with sun cream as well after the mistake yeah. on the first day we went to the yeah. um to the viewpoint and I was running a little bit late and I rushed down to the to meet everyone and I'd completely forgot about sun cream and I got back in the top of my head because I'd just recently got a haircut it was like 
yeah was burnt so that was a nice little start to the trip every day i made sure i put my uh my sun cream on after that because i don't think you realize well i certainly didn't that how strong the the uv rays are up there i think it's like uv 14 which is like unheard of in the uk so you just have to be a little bit cautious of of being out in the sun for too long but yeah see yeah i don't know anything about that but it's always said that like the sun's stronger i don't yeah like the yeah is that the right term for it like it's yeah i think so yeah just there's less oh, okay. atmosphere for the the UV to uh, travel through, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. So more it's, of it reaches you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, Especially if coming from like a British winter to you're like you're, you're, waste, you're wasted here, Cal. You're wasted. I'm what? You're wasted. Sell it, doing a good job of being Alexa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I just quickly got. Oh, that was it. Yeah, he's just typing away on his laptop. Why do you get sunburned? Yeah. Um. How how did you how did you find sort of everyone else in the group and sort of the the, the group dynamic generally? Give it given it's like again it's not an elite running camp. Yeah, There's sort of twenty people. Yeah, twenty people turned up from multiple continents and mold, like wide range of ages and wide range of running speeds. Yeah, to be honest, that was probably one of the most enjoyable aspects of the training camp is like experiencing it with people from like literally all walks of life. We had people from like uh, Delhi, from Germany, from America, like there's a real wide range of people. And I thought when I went out there, I thought most people would be from the UK, obviously running trips being like a UK based Mm. company, but like people were from all over the place. Um, So there's a really nice range of of people not only, not just geographically but in terms of like their ability what they wanted to get from the experience um and we all gelled really well like despite some of us like trying to run like 30 minutes for 10k and some people had had only run like for a month and only do like one or two runs a week so there was a real wide range of abilities but we seemed to all get on really well we'd start pretty much every run together um some people like skipped a few runs if they weren't used to like running every other day or every day um but the majority of stuff we all start and finish together so yeah it's quite a, it's quite an intense environment in terms of you spend literally the whole two weeks with yeah, the same with 20 people, people. like you yeah, sit down yeah. have every meal you go for every run but thankfully we all got on got on really well I was, as I said earlier, I met some, met two really nice guys that I basically did every run with. There's a guy called Kush from, from Italy and a guy called Sven from, from the Netherlands. And we were pretty similar in terms of ability. So it was nice to do the, the big sessions, like the fartleks, the long runs, the track stuff together, and um, rather than just, just being out there on your own, maybe with the pacer. Yeah. So that was really enjoyable. I think that's one of the, one of the good things of having a decent sized group, like we, I mean, typically on a, one of our camps, we're getting, let's say, between 15 and 25 people you, you're mm. pretty much always going to have at least one other person who's around your ability so you know may, maybe you split up a little bit on the hard workouts where you where you have to be a bit more specific about the intensity that you train at but you know for the for the easy runs and long runs and everything you know you some of the other guests are going to be around your standard um, yeah so it's, it's, yeah it's quite nice being in that environment and I, yeah I, I always thought it was quite funny that I mean you said you know thankfully everyone got on really well and everything because it is quite an intense environment like i mean we've hosted like hundreds of camps now we've never had any like falling outs or you know like groups had, where, yeah. where no one's got on or anything we've, like we've, that. we've literally had one problem in 11 years like one problem where a guest has just like essentially refused to get on with other people <laughs> 
Yeah. No, we didn't. Exactly. We didn't have any of that on our camp, which is was really nice. All put into like a WhatsApp group at the start of the of the trip, and like we're all still talking on there. Even now, we've come home, we're all all back at home, but still like communicating like what races we've got coming up or like how yeah. people are feeling being back at sea level and stuff like that it's, yeah, it's been really nice to to meet some some really nice people did yeah. you get recognized at all or like did anyone in the group like know who you were um a few people like had watched some of my youtube stuff but it was interesting that on the like i think it was either the second or third morning at breakfast um some people were ch- on the trip were chatting with me being like they're friends from their running club club had seen yeah. them in my videos and then been like, oh my God, you're you're in Ben is running's videos out in Kenya. And then they were like, who's Ben is running? Like they didn't know who I was. And then they'd go and watch the video. And uh yeah, they then they'd end up watching like every episode like with their dinner. It was quite it was quite nice. Um <laughs> so most most people didn't know that I made YouTube videos. Um mm. but I but I did ask like, do you mind if I filmed yeah, sure. this, like just make sure everyone was okay with obviously being naturally being in like the back of stuff. Um, yeah. And if, if people didn't want to be in the videos, I made sure that I didn't like stick a camera in their face type thing. Yeah, exactly. But, um, That's kind of, yeah, that, that is always a little bit of a concern when you're using like, you know, that's a bit like it, it's marketing for us, isn't it? But yeah, but you yeah. have to be, you have to be conscious of the fact that other people haven't gone there to be part of an advert. They've gone there to, yeah. to have their holiday. So yeah, and is, I think, yeah, there is, there I is think naturally as the, the as the camp went on, like people knew that I was making videos and were more and more like inclined to get involved. Like after right. a few, a few runs, we, I'd, I'd be like, well, we were just having like genuine conversations. I was like, do you mind if we just, I just record this a little bit. And then most of the time people were like, yeah, that'd be really nice actually. Then they can mm-hmm. look back on it. Um, Kush was sending the videos to his mum every night, even though she didn't speak <laughs> a word of English, but right, it's basically right. like documenting his, his trip in, in Kenya as well. So yeah, I think it was quite nice for, for people to look back on i hope i hope everyone think, got um, on well with it do you think you'll meet kush again like, yeah i think so him? yeah yeah, yeah he's, sweet. He, he's fairly local only only in italy so he's got a 10k race this weekend so i'm looking forward to seeing that that gets fairly on. local yeah i mean it's europe isn't it just a little <laughs> flight you're there well yeah but yeah we're not in the eu anymore are we so you no, more true. complicated to go and pop over and see him What's yeah i can't, can't go and work there what's the race yeah I think it was just a, a, a local one to him. Um, I don't well, think it would be anywhere in Europe, couldn't it? <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was a, a, anything like any big race. And it was more of just to see where he was at in terms of it, rather than it being like an A-goal race type thing. But um, yeah, no, it was nice to meet some some really nice people. So how um, how's the video series, like as a like as a content producer, like how's the video series been received like amongst yeah. your sort of normal audience? Yeah, really well. Um, a lot, a lot better than I thought, to be honest with you, because I went from making like one or two videos a week to one every day for 14 days. I thought people would get like watch the first few and then get a little bit like sick of it, basically. But mm. in terms of in terms of like the interaction and the, the views, engagement, that type of thing, it was it was pretty good throughout. And like, I've, yeah, I had some really nice feedback on it. So um, it was definitely worth worth sitting in my room for for three four hours a day getting the videos edited. What did you think of, um, so like, you know, like aside from the the actual like training sessions itself, what, what did you think of like the sessions where you were kind of sat down with the coaches, having the coaches corner sessions and the seminars and that things like, you know, as someone who's maybe like a more uh, serious runner and you, you, you know, you know, you know, your stuff. Yeah, like you're, you're, and... you're, you're, you're the upper end of the kind of speed and ability of runners that come in our camps. I think yeah. Mm-hmm. How, how would yeah. you, 
how did you find that you know did you find that you kind of already knew a lot of the stuff or was it still relatively new to you or were there different aspects different ways of looking at the same thing or yeah how did you find it basically yeah so I would often go along to like the coach's corner um sessions and not really expect to like take too much away from it if, if it was say like some basic um like how can you train because I've also done a little bit of research like I'm quite I feel like to feel like I'm quite knowledgeable when it comes to to training and and running as a as a sport but um exactly. yeah when it, when I go along and like especially when we were we had we were joined by like world champions and like coaches who have have coached athletes all around the world we had one speaker that that stands out to me I can't remember the the guy's name but he was a coach and he talked David. a bit more about uh mindset uh and D- that hour was yeah that sounds that sounds familiar yeah that hour session we had with him was was pretty imp- impressive i came away being like super motivated and i think he touched on like stuff that i've never really thought about in terms of like the mentality behind racing entering the room of improvement and like finding that extra bit of determination basically when sessions get tough when races get tough like the why behind your success and that sort of stuff and that mm. was that was definitely really insightful i just found like every time i went along to like coach's corner you just get a little bit more inspiration and to to then go away and like look at your own training and make a few tweaks here and there but uh, mainly just yeah just want to crack on and and get even more stuck in basically yeah nice now i, I do find that uh probably one of the biggest things a lot of our guests take away from the camps is that change in mindset, to be honest. Mm. Um, yeah. Whether it's just feeling a little bit more inspired and motivated to, to train well back home or um, yeah, I'm not, not entirely, it's, it's difficult to put your finger on one aspect of it, but yeah. inspiration and motivation is definitely one of the biggest things. I yeah. Think See that, take away. I, I'm not saying this is like, Oh, this is an advert for our camp or whatever. But when people talk about, Oh, is two weeks long enough, it's two weeks long enough and that I, I, I often say, and I do, and I say, cause I think it's true. It's like, well, yeah, strictly from a physical performance benefit. No, you want to go for a lot. You want to go for like longer than two weeks. If you, if you just want to come back and be in top 10 K top half marathon shape, but it is yeah. the lasting effect of, yeah, of the, the mentality and the, the motivation and the inspiration, like sounds kind of cheesy, but it's, yeah, it's just real. And every time we go back, like I think even like the same for you and me, Callum, we've been there loads of times. So every time you go back, you just kind of like, yeah, you take something home with you that's just, mm. yeah, you just kind of like re-energize, so to speak, for yeah, exactly for the next period of time. You met um, you met Abel as well, right? Didn't you, Abel? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What did you think of him? He's one of our favorites. Yeah, he's a pretty amazing guy. He was so he was like glowing the whole time he was speaking to us. Yeah, he's so up, he was so, so up for it and wanted to be there. Um, yeah. And some of the stories he was telling were pretty cool yeah so uh, yeah so, gav, gav knows abel pretty well so um yeah, yeah so i was no go on, i was just gonna say so yeah he, he, he's often keen to uh come and interact because he's um yeah gav, gavin's got some pretty funny stories with with abel <laughs> yeah so so ben i used i used to, i don't know if you even know this i used to, when we used to live in kenya i was the coach with um, an italian guy called renato canova yeah um and uh abel was one of the athletes that 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 we were looking after and yeah i've just yeah, I've had some incredible, some incredible moments with the bell over over the years. The, the one that always comes back. So sorry to anyone who's heard this story before. Was when we were in uh, we were we were in Barcelona together for Barcelona half marathon, 
and and you saw what Abel's like. He's just so he's so bubbly and so yeah. enthusiastic. And and we were sat in this posh hotel. We we're basically wasting time in a hotel before the day before the race. Um, and all the elite athletes are in this this like pretty swanky hotel in the middle of Barcelona, which was predominantly being used as as a business, like for for business people. And we we're sat around in the lobby. Um, and Abel was just we were sat around in the lobby, say just wasting time. And Abel was just getting bored of, of doing nothing. So he started, first of all, he just started like spinning around on his chair, um, <laughs> which was just kind of, kind of funny in the, you know, amongst people having like business meetings and that. Um, and he's a big football fan. So obviously who, if you're in Barcelona, yeah, not now, but t- 10 years ago. Um, and he just starts like trying to get people's attention by pretending to play football in his chair. And, and it's just, it's just like pretending to kick a football and just going, Messi, Messi, Messi. <laughs> <laughs> I was cracking up laughing, but some of the people were just thinking, like, yeah, trying to work here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, he's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. A lot of fun and a, a great athlete. So. Did he talk to you about his um, Ugali machine? No, he didn't. No, okay. He, he's he's always he's always trying to like sell funny business <laughs> ideas and stuff like that. So he'll, he'll, he'll come and chat to our guests and everything, talk about training, talk about, you know, him winning world championships and, and finish with trying to present some hilarious. <laughs> he will, yeah. He'll try and get New him, contraption. Try and find some investors. Yeah. Trying to find some investors for his latest, <laughs> yeah. uh, his latest invention. Yeah. He was I, telling I, us he, all about his school that it, he's set up as well. That sounded pretty, yeah, pretty impressive no, stuff. Pretty well, yeah. So not, yeah, it's in, uh, it's in Eldorette. We've got a group of, um, we got a group of New Zealand runners coming out, uh, kids coming out in the summer, and yeah, yeah. they're going to go and yeah, they're going to go and visit his school and do some stuff with the, with the kids of that, um, yeah, sort of similar age. Yeah, yeah. No, he's done well. He's one of the, he's he's one of the I wouldn't say one of the few, but it's 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 upsettingly common how many runners just manage to sort of waste away their winnings. Mm. Um, and yeah, sort of 10, 15 years after you've known them as an elite athlete, they're just kind of back to square one um, and, and all the money's gone and you can't really account for where it's gone. But yeah, Bell's, Bell's pretty switched on in that respect. And yeah, he's got a couple of businesses. He owns property in Capsabert. He's, yeah, he's got his school. And he's still right. training well. to a, well, yeah, a really high level. Yeah. 40 yeah, years old, isn't he now? So Yeah, 40. Yeah. And that, he was... I mean, that, that seems to be like a marathon. Marathon age seems to just be going up, doesn't it? Like, I think people are just not accepting that you're done at 30 something and just yeah. carrying on mm. still hope for me yet well i was thinking of myself really i'm <laughs> thir- thir- 38 still haven't made my debut on the injury table again you've got two more years yet well yeah but i haven't, I haven't <laughs> raced i was supposed to be racing this sunday is but i'm sorry make this a sob story about me now but th- this sunday was supposed to be my first race since armar 2019 oh wow uh, you're not doing it no i pulled my calf for uh, 10 days uh what day is it friday last thursday i pulled my calf oh mate oh no yeah that's 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 why i went down to oxford last night to see the sports doc um, yeah, I, got, oh. I mean as it happens it's a, it's it's a grade one tear which is going to heal in 10 to 14 days right. um but so not not too much of a setback then exactly yeah it's more the timing like this has been yeah this has been such a long build-up with various pro like you know with various problems along the way of the of the comeback from like really complicated serious injuries uh, yeah, and then just when you think, right, I'm ready to, I'm ready to lace them up again. Yeah, ten days out, doing a fartlek, three miles, three miles, just about getting to the turn. It sort of three and a half miles out of nowhere, bang, calf. Oh no! Yeah. So what what race were you meant to be doing? Uh, Fleet half marathon. 
Right. Yeah. So, so I mean, I, I want to be a marathon runner. Like it's it's too it's too late in it's too late in my sort of competitive days to waste too much to waste time saying oh yeah I'll do a marathon in the future I'll do a marathon in the future. Yeah. So yeah, mm. so we we were going to just go straight to halves with the idea of then running. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, with the idea of then moving to the marathon this year. So yeah, two two weeks out and then another two weeks to build back to full training doesn't change that. It's just frustrating in the short term yeah. that you yeah you get. Yeah. Yeah, you get so close after four years of not racing. Yeah, you've got um, another big race coming up, haven't you, Ben? I have. Yes, I'm going to to Boston next month. Which yeah, be fun. I so. Yeah, so that'll nice. be yeah. marathon four already. Marathon number four, yeah. Good the third one so in about have... six, seven months. Yeah, so that's, that was exactly going to be my question. Like the the, tra- the traditional way to run marathons is approximately one every six months, isn't it? And you alternate autumn season, spring yeah. season, autumn season, spring season, and yeah, I mean, I've noticed that's changing a little bit anyway because there's good marathons year round now. Like there's Valencia in December, there's Seville in February. Yeah, so it's not quite the season isn't set quite as much. But the mm. other thing that, that that I'm seeing is, to some extent, it's it's people like yourself who are running it a good level, but also doing it as sort of a uh, a job, as it were, in terms of content production. Yeah. Yeah, that's what a, it is for me. Really. really, yeah. But I'm interested in how is that actually? Maybe too early to give a concrete answer, but how are you finding that from a performance side of things? Yeah, I think like if I wanted to get the complete like best out of myself in terms of athletic performance, I probably would stick to probably one, maybe two marathons a year. Um, but with the way the content and opportunities come up um so for example the osaka marathon that i did um mizuno messaged me like six weeks before the marathon being like you want to come to osaka run the marathon like experience japan uh, it's like it's too it's too good of an opportunity yeah, to say no sure. yeah, and this yeah. it's the same with uh boston marathon i got an email from adidas saying we've got a place if if you would be up for it um they were like we we know you've just done a a marathon in in japan so we understand if it's not the right time for you but I've always wanted to do like Boston tick off the world majors uh, and, and my training has been going well. I'm fit. I'm healthy. I don't feel like I carried too much fatigue from, from Osaka, which was about three weeks ago, three, four weeks ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. So there's about seven weeks between the two. So in terms of building up like a, a good marathon build, it's not ideal, but hopefully it's enough time to, to recover and to at least perform at a similar level to what I've, raced at before i'm not expecting to see like i don't know five minutes of, of pb progression in that short space of time but um in terms of yeah content creation and and the experience i think it is it is doable in these days especially with like Im- improvements to to nutrition to to the shoes to yeah a lot of a lot of things that can can really help like when it comes to recovering from a marathon and then getting back mm. straight into training yeah what i, I you- reckon you run I reckon you'll yeah. run well off the back of it, to be honest. Like if if you've recovered pretty well, um, mm. I think seven weeks, yeah, like you said, these days is enough to run quite well a second time around. Have yeah, you, have I you, hope so. Generally speaking, what have you learned from your sort of marathon so far that you'll do that you'll then change in prep for for for, for coming up? Yeah, so I think the second the second marathon I did, which is Valencia, went completely like tits up. Uh, I just went off like far too quickly. And just wasn't patient in the race, and I've I've definitely learned from 
with marathon racing, you really need to be patient in the first 30, even 35 kilometers. Um, even if it feels easy after like 25, 30 K like that, it's me- it should feel like that until the later stages of the race. So, uh, in terms of actual pacing strategy, I've learned that you can't just go off like you would in a, in a 10 K or half marathon where you could push it a little bit and then slow down if you need to. Cause if that happens in a marathon, then you're, you're going to lose like five, 10 minutes towards the back end of it. So, um, that's definitely one thing I've, I've learned from, from doing a few now. Um, and also the, uh, long runs. Uh, I originally did long runs at like a, an easy to, to moderate pace. And now I'm trying to do long runs at a lot closer to my, uh, marathon pace. I feel like going to Osaka, the, the long runs at marathon pace really helped prepare me for the distance, but also the pace that you're going to run at for that duration. Um, mm. So that's definitely one thing I would advise people to do, which is is actually quite a, a Kenyan philosophy is to do your long runs at as cl- as close to marathon effort, not necessarily ma- marathon pace, because during a training block you're gonna you're gonna have fatigue in your legs building up. So don't feel the need you have to hit certain splits every every Saturday or Sunday when you do your long run, but try and hit at least a good proportion of that long run at at a marathon effort or intensity. Yeah, I mean, yeah, in Kenya, that long run is is one of the hard days of the week, and there's no question yeah. about it. That's not a yeah, that's not a not a long easy run. No, especially on the hills out there as well. <laughs> hills make everything tough out there. Yeah, <laughs> even it, recovery uh, what, run is is difficult. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. What um, what have you taken back that maybe you know? I'll kind of mention in hills has specifically brought me to this question, but. Is there anything that you're now going to integrate specifically in your training or is it more just like, yeah, that was inspirational and good and I'm going to use that mindset in, in my training or actually physically, is there anything you're going to take back and go, yeah, that needs to stay in there? Yeah. So two things that main that I've mainly like already started to put into, into my plan back home is, is progression runs on easy days. So I'm, I quite often get in the habit of just doing like three hard days a week and then the other days are just like easy running where there's no intensity at all, no strides, nothing like that. Whereas in Kenya, we did a few like progression runs where you start off really slowly at like recovery pace and then you finish at like moderate pace, not not tempo, mm. but you just sort of progress through the gears. And I felt I felt like I was getting more like training stimulus from that progression run as opposed to like an easy run at a continuous pace um and i felt like i was still recovering enough on those easy days ready for my hard sessions with doing a little bit more intensity with a progression run so i'll add i'll definitely add progression runs uh into my in replacement of maybe one or two easy runs a week and also the the core sessions we did out there which were were pretty brutal at the time but i i think it just identified for me that my core isn't as strong as i need it to be especially for the marathon distance um because in in the few marathons i have done towards the end i do get a little bit of cramping in like the abdominal area so um the core stuff that we did out in kenya is definitely gonna gonna stay maybe not quite 45 minutes of of intense (laughs) core workout maybe more like 30 to to i don't know 15 to 30 minutes of core work Mm. um when i'm in the gym but i'll definitely implement that a little bit more uh, having said that some of the some of the worst performers i've ever seen in in core stability work in the gym are some of the best kenyan marathon runners i've ever seen yeah (laughs) one one of them actually 
yeah, one of them was I was in the gym with Mary Katani and it was pretty much around when the time she was at her very best, like she was running her PBs. Um, and she came to do a core workout where we were at, um, at the camp. And honestly, it, it, <laughs> I hope she's not listening, but she was pathetic. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. But, but, but the flip side is she had identified that and she was at the core workout trying to improve it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's true. But it, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was a, a poor display of uh, core strength, to be totally honest. Um, yeah, and then she I, ran to I experienced that as well. Yeah. Ben, mm-hmm. thank you. Um, from our perspective, um, yeah, it's been a pleasure to been a pleasure to work with you, and um, yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it, and, and I think it's been like pretty beneficial for both parties. Like we've had we've had good feedback from uh, a few people who've already contacted us saying that they've like found out about us via you. Uh-huh. Um, That's really good. Hopefully, uh, as so- people watch the watch the series, like catch it on YouTube, and and over the the next few weeks and months, they'll put it on their Christmas list and stuff like that. Um, yeah, exactly. You'll get a few sign ups, yeah. which would be nice. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Um, yeah, well, let's make sure this isn't the, the last time we chat then. Um, well, if I ever make a race, I might say I'll see you at a race sometime because, uh, yeah, I'd like to be in as good a shape as you are. It'll take a while to get to get to, get to to that point. But um, yeah, Let me know I, what marathon you're, you're going to do at the end of the year and I'll, I'll see what, what well, I can do. Yeah, Come and yeah, give you a race. Good man, <laughs> good man sounds good. Uh, are, are you doing Callum's race in a couple of weeks? I am, yes, the, the Bristol oh, okay. 5K, yeah. 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 All right, well, yeah Two weeks before. Oh, that'd be nice. Good man. Nice. Right, Cal, any uh, any final thoughts before we let, let Ben get on with his day? No, all good. All good. Yeah, thanks very much, Ben. Thanks for joining us again. And um, yeah, we'll have to catch up again sometime. Yeah, uh, I, I would guess everyone knows where they can find Ben already. But just in case they can't, Ben, where can people yep. follow along your journey? Ben, ben is running pretty much everywhere. YouTube, Instagram, Strava, TikTok even. Well, but, um, you've done yeah. TikTok as well now, have you? I, I'm trying to. But I, I'm struggling a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, Lauren does it for 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 her job. It's swimming, and yeah, she she doesn't enjoy it. But they went on a course with TikTok, and TikTok taught them how to do it. And she says it's actually, yeah, not that difficult once you no. got the hang of it. But yeah, yeah, seems a bit of a chore at the moment. But but anyway, yeah, thank you very much for having me. Really nice talking with you, and I uh, loved the Kenya experience. Definitely going to be going back out to to attend probably towards the end of this year, if I'm if I'm totally honest. If not early next yeah. year. Yeah, um, we're, for, we're, for often a proper a, we're, we're very much a yeah, we're very much a gateway drug. Like a lot of people will sort of come out with <laughs> us. Um, it's it's kind of the safe and comfortable and easy way to do it. And then you know yeah. if they go back independently. That's yeah, that's fine with us. Like yeah, we're, that's not we don't see that as like a we don't see that as a negative. Like oh, they should have booked with us again. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's great. If you're going to go back to a ten and put some good training in, we look forward to seeing it. Thank you very much. Good Happy man. Right, right, thank you, Ben. Cheers, chaps. Cheers. See you later, guys. Thanks for listening to Conversations About Running. Callum and I are the people behind Running Trips, the company who organise Kenya experience and training focus camps. For more information about our camps, head to our Insta page at Running Trips Official or visit www.runningtrips.co.uk. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving us a review in order to help us grow the podcast further. Thanks again and we'll be back shortly with another episode of Conversations About Running.